Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. I am Dr. Kamla D. I am the host, the founder, and the teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. Today is Saturday. It is July the 23rd of the year 2022. And I hope, truly hope from my heart that this day finds you and your family well. I know we are having some bad weather. Oh, I shouldn't say bad, but... um. Some some weather, some some not so great weather today. And uh, in any event, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it. Now, I have been playing some excerpts of an epic series entitled Race, Religion and Racism by Dr. Frederick Casey Price Sr., the late great Dr. Frederick Casey Price Sr. He started this series back in 1997. Now today I will be combining two episodes. I listened to quite a few since the last time we met and I decided to um, skip a couple of them and, and combine two. And in these episodes, he is talking about Elijah Muhammad, the founder of the nation of Islam. It's an all black uh, religion. Uh, Elijah Muhammad created a sect from the original religion, Islam, which is founded out of Mecca by, if I'm saying his name right, Abdullah Muhammad. He, he is from Saudi Arabia. He is not from Chicago and he walked this earth 1400 years ago. <laughs> yes. And then shortly after he is going to move into the Quran and the Hadith. The Hadith and the Quran are the two holy books that the Muslims, um, they abide by. That's what they live by. Those are the two holy books that now the Quran was written by Abdullah Muhammad. He wrote it alone. He said, Allah told him to write it. And the Hadith was written by his followers, just like the New Testament was written by the followers of Jesus Christ. You know, they, they lived with him. They, they went to war with him. They, they worked with him. They saw everything he did and they decided to write a book about him. So, uh, Dr. Price will be comparing the Hadith and the Quran to the Holy Bible. And you do not want to miss this. Now, I need to warn you ahead of time. I am going to be cutting some of the excerpts from these two episodes because they are repetitive and um, it'll save us some time for us not to hear the same thing over and over and over and over again. Now, I know Dr. Price and one of the reasons he was doing it is because he feels that if a person hears something over and over and over and over, it'll stick in their mind. But contrary to that, 
like people like me who learn uh, very easily. If something is said to me over and over and over, I start to tune it out and block it out. So I decided to do that because I don't want any of the listeners to get frustrated. So if you hear some breaks in the episode, in, in the speech of Dr. Price, it's because I edited some of the information out. And I, I can assure you, I am playing the information that you need to hear. Now, my reason for or my reasons for sharing these episodes is so that you can understand that there is only one true way to get to God and information that you hear just because the government says in the Constitution, freedom of religion doesn't mean God agrees with it. God didn't write the Constitution, nor did he inspire man to write the Constitution. You have to remember that this world's system is led by Satan. Yes, it was given to Satan when Adam and Eve sinned against God. Yes. So right now, God is not in control of this world. Now he is in control of the end, but he is not running this world. That's why we are seeing some horrendous things happening. I mean, it's getting worse. I am seeing things happening today. I never thought I would see in my lifetime. We see people professing to be Christians on social media, no longer sharing Christ. They, they wake up and they are addicted to dancing on social media and posting their face on social media every day just to be validated by man. And, you know, God can turn something bad and something evil around for us to use for good. Now, social media was created by Satan. And let me tell you, it's working for him. But God turned it around for good to share the gospel. But when you have people professing to be Christians, no longer sharing the gospel, their their main purpose for being on social media is to feel validated by man. And not everyone is in agreement with that individual. Not everyone supports that individual. As a matter of fact, there's negative energy being put out when that individual posts their faces every day. People are laughing at them. People are talking about them. And then they are wondering why they are still suffering from depression. My Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who have fallen from grace and uh, pray that they refocus themselves on Christ. We must keep our attention on Christ. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Now, saints, with that said, let's get this truth on the road. I also being a representative of Almighty God, Jehovah, I am concerned with anything that mentions God. And uh, I always am anxious to seek out any new information, to always check out where I am to be sure I'm still on the right track, that I haven't made an error in judgment and then end up somewhere I don't want to be. And so the black Muslim or the nation of Islam has been making inroads into uh, the black community and siphoning off many, many young black men who have become disenchanted with Christianity and all of its foibles and all of its hypocrisy and racism down through the years. And I can understand that. However, my concern is that anyone that's contemplating making a move, either leaving Christianity, going to Islam, or leaving Christianity, going nowhere, or that, are, that may be in Islam and thinking about coming to Christianity, or maybe right in the middle of the road, don't know which way to go, 
kind of want to decide or try to find a way to go, then they, I think that it's important that you have this information. Now, I'm only using this book because I do not know Mr. Elijah Muhammad, and I have nothing against Mr. Elijah Muhammad. He's never done anything to me. But anytime you put anything in print and put it out to the public, then you commit yourself. That's hard copy. You can't delete that. It's out there. People have it. They're going to read it. Now, the title of this book, and this book is basically one of the foundation stones of the black Muslim movement or the nation of Islam. What we have today in Mr. or Minister Louis Farrakhan and the nation of Islam, better known as the NOI, it started out and its foundation is Mr. Elijah Muhammad, the honorable Elijah Muhammad, to give honor where honor is due. And he wrote a book, and this book is sort of like, like the foundation, the basic principles of what black Muslims believe. Now, the title of the book is, quote, Message to the Black Man in America. Well, I am in America, and if you have not noticed, I am a black man. Therefore, I take this message to be a message to me. Well, if you have a message for me, I want to, first of all, know what the message is, and then I want to know, is the message true? If you had written a book and it said a message to the black men in America, with the exception of Fred Price, then I wouldn't read it. Because I would have known the message wasn't for Fred. But see, when you say message to the black man, then that, in my limited reasoning ability, says that's all black men in America. And I'm in America. As I said last week, I'm not coming to America. I am in America. I'm a black man. So the message is to me. I want to know what the message says, and then I want to know, is the message true? Okay? Now, in Message to the Black Men in America, copyright 1965 by Elijah Muhammad, Mr. Muhammad makes a statement on page 221. Now, I read this book in detail, not to find any fault with it, but just to find out what the message was, so that I would know if the message is for the black man, and I'm a black man, and I'm in America, why I need to know what the message is. If you have a message for me, well, tell me the message. I want to know what the message is, and then I got to check out the message to find out is the message true, because I've had other messages to me, a black man in America, and they've been lies to me. I had a message that told me I was inferior. That was a lie, because I'm not inferior. I, there was another message that told me I was cursed because of Ham way back in the book of Genesis, and I found out after studying the book that they claim that came out of, that it's a lie. Amen. I am not cursed, and my skin color is not the result of a curse. Right. So folk have lied to me down through the years. So I don't trust anybody until I check them out. And if what you say is true, it will bear checking out. In fact, once I check it out, it's going to look more like the truth than it did before I checked it out. So you shouldn't be afraid to have something examined. Huh? Man, I got a watch on my hand here that was given to me as a gift. Oh, uh, my Lord. Uh, almost 17 years ago. And uh, it's supposed to be solid gold. 
supposed to be solid gold. Well, a lot of stuff look like gold. Feel the weight of that watch. Now, of course, lead is heavy. Might be lead. Well, I, I want, you know, man gave me this watch and said it was a very valuable watch. And 17 years ago, I checked it out. Amen. And 17 years ago, uh, this watch cost $8,500. 17 years ago. And I wanted to find out, you know, currently, and a couple of years ago, I went and had it checked out, and the man told me this watch now sells for $14,000. So... It bore checking out. I mean, it, it went through the test. I checked it out. It just didn't come out of Cracker Jacks, Dan. It's the real stuff. And so, I, hey, I'm glad to know now. I'm real, real glad to know that I got the real stuff. Because, see, they got a lot of copies out there. Look like, feel like, but ain't. So I'm suspect of any message. And when you tell me you're speaking on behalf of God, I want to check you out, and if you are for real, then what you, your message ought to bear examination. Going through a lot of this so far, I didn't go through the whole book, but we went through a lot of stuff, and none of it has checked out up till now. The message is flawed up till now. So I'm still checking to see if perhaps the message can be redeemed. There may be some redeeming qualities here. So let's check this out. On page 221... And I, I do this because I believe, well, I know God gave me the assignment to do this, but I believe his purpose is so that people will know the truth. Amen. It's fine with me if you are a Muslim. I, I don't have a problem with that. I ain't changing nothing in my life. You know, so I'm not against that. I mean, and if everybody turned to be a Muslim tomorrow, it don't change me. So I'm not against anybody. It's not an attack. But it's for information's sake so that you'll know what you're really into because I know that Muslims, black Muslims, are just like Christians. Amen. Hey, black Muslims are just like black Christians. Most of them don't really read the Bible. Black Christians don't. Most Christians who go to most churches don't know nothing about the Bible. They just go strictly by what their pastors tell them. And I'm sorry to say their pastors don't always tell them the truth. And, and sometimes the reason they don't is because they don't know it themselves. You, you can't impart what you don't know because somebody lied to them and they never bothered to check it out. It's always been that way, so it must be right, right, right wrong. See, and so I know that Muslims are the same way. They get, they get hyped up and caught up in the fact that, well, Christianity is racist and Christianity is the white man's religion and all that kind of stuff and the white man has oppressed the black man and all those things. And then it's, that's true. That, that last thing is true. They have oppressed it. And so out of anger, out of frustration, out of the sense of betrayal, they have left Christianity, jumped ship, and have gone over here. Fine, that's great. I mean, that's, that's your prerogative to do that. But I just want to know, do you really know what you're into? Do you really know what you've left? See, they, they, they tell us that, 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 that Islam is the natural religion of the black man. Because Christianity is a white man's religion. Well, see, again, that's where they lied to us. Just like they told, they, they show us pictures of and tell us that Jesus Christ was white. Jesus Christ was not European white. Now, that's a part of the lesson later on I'm, I'm going to show in the church because they're going to have a fit when I go through this. Oh, I got, to, I got documentation. You know, I've done my homework. I got, you won't be surprised. Jesus was not blue-eyed, 
blonde hair and white. That's a lie. I've always known that in my studies. So, okay, now that, that's another part of the lesson. So what I'm saying then is you, you, you jump in ship on me, and in a little while we're going to find out a lot of you black Muslims, you jumping over there to Islam thinking Muhammad was uh, black, and you're going to be surprised today when I show you that Muhammad was white. Coming attraction. I bet that got your attention, huh? All right, on page 221, Mr. Muhammad states, under the heading, I quote, land of our own and qualifications, colon, the unity of 22 million, semicolon. There is no hope for us in Christianity, semicolon. It is a religion organized by the enemies, and then in brackets, the white race, the enemies of the black nation to enslave us to the white race's rule. End of quote. Well, that's a, that's a strong statement. Holy book of the Muslims and the Bible, the holy book of the Christian, and Allah the God of the Muslims and Jehovah, the God of the Christian, is really the same. But you see, if it's the same, and this man, Elijah Muhammad, Muhammad was the spokesman for Allah, what's on that is that then you must speak on behalf of Allah, and if you do, then you must have received your message from Allah. So what you say then is what Allah says. Now, I don't know how Allah and Jehovah could be the same God and Allah tell the messenger of Allah, Mr. Muhammad, to make a statement like this. There is no hope for us in Christianity. I got a problem with that. You told me this was a message for me. Now, I don't know if Fred Price was familiar with what Elijah Muhammad said back in 1965 when it was happening or um, whether or not the video was released back then. But I have, uh, within the past couple of years, seen videos, and including this year, with Elijah Muhammad teaching the NOI this, the Nation of Islam, that there's no hope for the, for the black man in Christianity. That That's what he was teaching them. Um, and you can see that. If you go to Netflix, if you haven't already, and look at the documentary, Who Killed Mal Malcolm X?, you will hear him saying it. And there are other videos posted on YouTube back in, uh, from 1964 and 1965 with Elijah Muhammad talking. And he said this. I heard him say it myself. So he didn't just put this in the book. So he was teaching them that. So I don't know if Fred Price is aware or was aware back in 1997 that the people who was attending the Nation of Islam religion and their services were being told this at that time. I'm sorry I interrupted, but um, let's continue. But I got a problem with this. Because I have researched both Christianity and Islam. And I, I'm frank to tell you, if there's no hope for us in Christianity, there ain't no hope for us. There ain't no hope at all. And that's Bible truth. And I want to carry 
the word us to include humanity, not just black, but white, brown, red, and yellow. On page 221, Mr. Muhammad states under the heading, I quote, land of our own and qualifications, colon, the unity of 22 million, semicolon. There is no hope for us in Christianity. It's a religion organized by the enemies, the white race of the black nation to enslave us to the white man's rule or to the white race's rule. See, that's a lie. White man didn't start Christianity. And again, don't take all, don't, don't anybody take this personally. I'm not talking about you. These are just historical facts that you may not even know about. Just because you had a white mother and father, you don't know your father could have killed somebody before you were born. You wouldn't necessarily know that, would you? They were mom and pop, but you don't know what they were doing before they became your mom and pop. Amen. See what I mean? Amen. So just because I say something, don't be looking strange like I'm trying to come against you, but these are facts. White America has perverted Christianity and made people think it was the white man's religion. It's not the white man's religion. Never was, never was. Okay? So this is not true. And beside that, the white race is not my problem. They're not my enemy. Amen. That, that's, the, you know. See, he says the enemies, the white race. White race is not your, the white race is not the black man's enemy. Just because some white people in the white race have abused and misused black people, don't put every white person in that category. See, you get, you get upset, you get upset if the white folks categorize you as a black person and make it look like every black person is a mugger and a raper and a doper. You get upset about that, but then you don't mind making every white person the bad guy. And that's not true. So let's, let's be fair about it. Black man, white man, did you know what I just quoted from Mr. Muhammad? I doubt it. On page 228, Mr. Muhammad states, under the heading, quote, land of our own qualifications, semicolon, or colon rather, we must have some earth and soon, semicolon. Believe it or not, we have been serving and worshiping the real devils. Stop preaching that old lie that God loves all human beings. He most certainly does not love the devils, the white race. End of quote. That disqualifies. All. Now, how can Allah and Jehovah be the same God? No way. No way. Listen to this. Stop. Preaching that old lie that God loves all human beings. He most certainly does not, and this, these two words does not are underlined in the book, does not love the devils, and in brackets, the white race. End of quote. Black man, white man, did you know this? I doubt it. Inspired to be written by 
Jehovah, who is supposed to be Allah in disguise, <laughs> we already know that's not true. Says this, John chapter three, verse sixteen: For God so loved the world. Now you are ignorant. If you don't see that, there's a problem here. Something wrong with your head. Stop preaching that old lie that God loves all human beings. He most certainly does not love the devil, the white race. For God so loved the world. It is. There it is, there it is. All right, here we go. What we have learned from Mr. Muhammad should certainly open the eyes of both blacks and whites alike. You blacks who call yourself black Muslims, did you know these facts? Yeah, they knew. Probably not. No, they knew. Many of you blacks who style yourself Muslims are just like many so-called Christians, as I said earlier, who have never really read the Bible or the Quran for yourselves. I want to look now at the prophet of Islam, Muhammad, and the Quran, which was divinely given to him by Allah. He says that it was given to him. Any black person who is seriously considering becoming a Muslim should examine very carefully the facts that I am about to present. I will give you irrefutable, documented evidence to support every word I say. You should be able to tell that I am not a Muslim. And I do not speak Arabic. So some of these words that I will be using and pronouncing, which come from Islam and Arabia, I might not be pronouncing them correctly. And so I apologize in advance if out of my ignorance of your language I mispronounce. It's not intentional. And it is not done as an attack upon you. Okay? But guess what? Even though I may be pronouncing a word incorrectly, I'll guarantee you that you will know what I'm talking about because if you did not know what I'm talking about, you would not know I said it incorrectly. First, I want to define some terms that we will be using so that everyone is clear on what I will be talking about the Muslim scholar Dr. Muhammad Hamidullah in his book Introduction to Islam that word Hamidullah that's my pronunciation is spelled H-A-M-I-D-U-L-L-A-H so you can be able to check this out in his book Introduction to Islam states that and I quote now you got to hear this really good you got to really listen up the custodian and repository of the original teachings of Islam are found above all in the Quran and the Hadith or Hadith. That's H-A-D-I-T-H. -H. And this is found on page 250 in this book.
To this he adds that, I quote again, the Quran and the Hadith are the basis of all Islamic law. Page 163. How many of of you have ever heard of Islam? How many of you have ever heard of the Quran? How many of you have ever heard of the Hadith? Oh, let me say it this way. How many of you have never heard of the Hadith? See, look at that man. You don't even know what it is. And if you ask a group of Muslims like this, they don't know. Just like they don't, a lot of Christians don't know anything about the Bible. He's been going to church for years, really don't know anything about the Bible. That's not a put down, it's just an observation. All right, to this he adds that the Quran and the Hadith, or the Hadith, are the basis of all, I'm quoting, all Islamic law. All Islamic law is based upon the Quran and the Hadith. That's found on page 163. The reason, according to Dr. Hamadullah, that Muslims revere the Hadith is as well as the Quran is that the Hadith is as divinely inspired as the Quran itself. Quoting, The teachings of Islam are based primarily on the Quran and the Hadith. And, as we shall presently see, both are based on divine inspiration. End of quote. Found on page 23 in this man's work. Now, we are using the nine-volume translation of the Hadith. Nine volumes. Translation of the Hadith made by Dr. Muhammad Mushin Khan. That's M-U-H-S-I-N Khan, K-H-A-N. Dr. Muhammad Mushin Khan. The translation of the meaning of Sahih al-Bukhari. That's S-A-H-I-H A-L hyphen B-U-K H-A-R-I, published by Kazi Publications, that's K-A-Z-I, Lahore or Lahore, Pakistan, that's L-A-H-O-R-E, 1970. The translation of the meaning of Sahih al-Bukhari, that's S-A-H-I-H, A-L hyphen B-U-K-H-A-R-I. Published by Kazi Publications, that's K-A-Z-I, Lahore or Lahore, Pakistan, that's L-A-H-O-R-E, 1970. Now, in this nine volume of the Hadith, there are 4,705 pages. I read and studied every one. That's why it took me so long to get this together. 4,705 pages. I read with a microscope every one of the 4,705 pages. I wanted to know. Inquiring minds want to know. And I have an inquiring mind. So I'm saying to this, and I'm going to challenge every Muslim, every Christian, and every non-whatever-you-may-be, don't come up in my face 
with any rebuttal to what I shall say until you have read and studied all 4,705 pages. You don't qualify to discourse with the kid. Wouldn't be fair. Because you don't know that it didn't say that unless you studied it. 4,000 pages. I'm telling, well, anyway, 4,000 pages. Mm -hmm. I read every one, studied them, went back over them, looked them up, checked them out, double-checked them out. I wanted to be sure. I wasn't trying to find any fault. I was just trying to find rhyme and reason to what was being stated. Because I didn't have any. I've been a Christian for quite a few years, as I've often said. The Muslims have never done anything to me. You know, I don't have any axe to grind with them. They ain't bothering me. ain't stopping none of my blessings from coming to me. You know what I mean? So I don't have any reason to go after Muslims just to be going after them. If I go after Muslims, I might as well go after the Buddhists. If I go after the Buddhists, I might as well go after the, uh, uh, the Baha'i faith. I might as well go after Confucius. Well, what? What? But when somebody who represents or supposedly represents in the, as, a, as a spokesman for this and brings my blackness into it, That's right. Amen. then whether I've been invited into the game or not, I'm playing. Amen. Okay? Now, let me, let me tell you what the Hadith is all about so you'll understand it. The Quran, of course, is, is, the, is the Bible of Islam. Christianity has the Holy Bible, and Islam has the Quran. That's the holy book of the Muslim. Now, the Hadith is an extremely interesting book. Um, let's say, well, Jimmy Price is my, is my nephew, so he's known me a long time. But let's just say that Jimmy and his wife, Dolly, we've known each other for a long time, all right? But let's just say we're not related. Let's just say we're friends and we've known each other as long as we've known each other. And then let's say that, that Cheryl is not my daughter, but somebody I have known, I've known her from childhood. And so she's known me all her life. And Angela the same way. And, and Frederick. And let's say Betty. Now, what the hadith is, is that I die and they get together and say, now, you know, we've known Fred for a long time. He said a lot of great things. He said a lot of things, you know, and he, 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 was, he was our pastor. He was our leader. So we don't want all the things that he said and the things that he taught. We don't want those things to be lost to posterity. So we're going to sit down together and compare notes, and we're going to write up all the stuff we know about Fred. You know, when we were over to his house and he was eating, he fell in the swimming pool and got all wet. You, you remember that? You all remember that? He fell in the pool and then you remember that time he stepped on a roach? You know, and I'm, I'm not trying to be funny or graphic. I'm, I'm trying to show you that this is what the Hadith is. It is the oral tradition of the Prophet Muhammad made by the people that lived with him, slept in his bed, ate with him, went to war with him, went to battle with him, bathed with him, heard him teach, went to the mosque with him. In other words, this is the oral tradition of the prophet Muhammad. That's what the hadith is. These were the people that saw him on a daily basis. They sat out and ate with him, 
shared a roll with him, you know, bread or what. Yeah. So these were people that observed him. You know what I'm saying? Not people that heard about him. These were people that walked with the man every day. Do you understand that? So this is very valuable information. Because these are the people that really know you. Now, like my family, see, they really know me. You don't really know me. You know, you know some things about me. But they, they're, they're the only ones that really actually know that I am the same here as I am at home. They're the only ones that actually know that. Are you following me? And so that's what the hadith is to Islam in reference to Muhammad, the prophet of Allah. Okay, we understand each other? So this is valuable. This, and as we pointed out from, from uh, Dr. Ha uh, Dr. Hamadullah, the, the whole basis and foundation of Islam rests upon the two pillars of the Quran and the Hadith. Now, the reason I'm dealing with it because there's some stuff in here. You black folk need to know this. Now, I have both of them, the Quran and the Hadith. Now, what Fred Price may downplay it, but there's some information in there, and he's going to share some of it uh, that lets you know that uh, Mohammed, the one who founded the, the religion Islam, wasn't nothing nice. He wasn't nothing nice. So that's the reason he's sharing it, but he's trying to downplay it because he don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, today, I'm sorry. If the truth hurts your feelings, it just hurts your feelings. You don't have to stop following that man's teachings. If you are a Muslim, keep following him. If it doesn't change me at all, I'm saved. I'm saved through the blood of Jesus. So let's resume. Everybody does, but I'm... I'm reason I'm concerned about black folk is because we've been the patsy for everybody down through the years and it's just unfortunate that even in religion I mean they still trying to do us under hmm. all right this particular book that we're going to be used the translation of the meanings of Sahih al-Bukhari it is recommended and approved by all Muslim authorities including the spiritual heads of Mecca and Medina. These are the two holy sites. Here we go. I'm sorry, saints. Let me uh, interrupt again. Because it's important that you know none of the Muslim authorities embraced Elijah Muhammad's teachings. None of them did. And um, Malcolm X shared that information back in the 1965. He said if Elijah Muhammad went over there to Mecca, over there in Saudi Arabia, then people will cut his head off over here lying about Allah. So uh, let's resume. Hadith 2, volume 7, number 93, the book of Tawhid Monotheism. That's T-A-U-H-I-D, Monotheism, numeral 1. In brackets it says i.e. to believe in the oneness of Allah. Chapter 32, page 427, it says, and I quote under numeral one, some Islamic sects such as Mutazila, that's M-U-T-A-Z-I-L-A, Mutazila, and others 
believe that the Quran is created. But Bukhari, that's B-U-K-H-A-R-I, Bukhari and the Muslims of the first three centuries of Islam believe that the Quran is a quality of Allah, like seeing, hearing, knowing, and not created. So Bukhari refuted the dogma of Mutazila and others. <laughs> Sounds just like the denominations, don't it? Mm-hmm. So it's not all what it's cracked up to be like all Muslims believe the same thing the very same way. They differ. It sounds very much like the denominational differences that we see today in the church. But, be that as it may, I want to contrast the Quran, the Bible, and the Hadith so that they may be seen in their own context. The Bible uses chapters and verses. The Quran uses surahs or surahs either S-U-R-A-H-S or sometimes spelled S-U-R-A-S, surahs. The Bible uses verses, the Quran uses surahs, okay? And the word surah literally means row, R-O-W, row after row after row, 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 not your boat, but row, okay? All right? Get this again, the Bible uses chapters and verses, the Quran uses surahs, which literally means row and verses. So instead of chapter, it would say surah, surah number nine, chapter number six in the Bible, we would say chapter three, the surah or the Quran would say surah three, verse so-and-so. Okay, you still with me? It's gonna get interesting, trust me, it's gonna get interesting. Now, Question, what does the Bible, the Quran, and the Hadith have to say, for instance, about Jesus, about God, about Muhammad, about women, about slaves, etc.? Or do they have anything to say about issues like these, you are going to be surprised. I guarantee it. Let's see what the Quran has to say about women. Somehow I got a little bit of interest there, didn't I? Uh-huh. Let's, let's see what Islam thinks about women, translated with notes by N.J. Dawood or Daywood, D-A-W-O-O-D, published by the Pinquin Group, copyright N like North, J like James, Daywood, D-A-W-O-O-D, copyright 1956, 59, 66, 68, 74, 90, and 93. In Surah 2, verse 22, it says, and I quote, now y'all sure you want to hear this, you women? Now I have to tell you right now, y'all got to be calm. So you think you have been mistreated by American society. You, You think you haven't been given your due by American society, hmm. 
in Surah 2, I think I said 2 and 22, incorrect. In Surah 2, verse 2 to 8, 228, it says, quote, women shall with justice have rights similar to those exercised against them. Although men have a status above women, God is mighty and wise. End of quote. Uh-oh, I hear something over here from the peanut gallery. <laughs> Sister said, I can't receive that. All right, let's go on. Now, that was the Quran in the Hadith, volume 3, number 48, the book of witness or witnesses, chapter 12, number 826, page 502, in reference to the inferiority of women. Quote, Narrated Abu Sa'id al-Kudri. That's A-B-U-S-A apostrophe I-D A-L hyphen K-H-U-D-R-I. My pronunciation, my best shot, Abu Sa'id al-Kudri. The prophet said, now remember, the hadith is the oral traditions of the prophet. So this is Jimmy talking about and quoting something that Fred said. Pick up on This is one of his men that walk with him is quoting what the prophet said in his presence. Quote, narrated Abu Sayyid al-Kudri. The prophet said, quoting the prophet now, isn't the witness of a woman equal to half of that of a man? End of quote. The woman said, yes. He, the prophet said, this is because of the deficiency of a woman's mind. So you women didn't know that you were deficient. Now Jesus makes you equal with men. Muhammad tells you you are deficient in your mind. How do you like that, ladies? Now, here's what the Bible has to say about it. Go to Galatians chapter 3. This is the Bible now. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. But apparently, Allah told Muhammad that the female creature that Allah had created is deficient mentally compared to a man. In other words, that's what it amounts to. Did you get that? Okay, you know, all right. I have another question for you. I mentioned it a little bit before. But did you know that Muhammad was white? Now, not European white, obviously, wouldn't be Scandinavian white. 
but he wasn't black. He was white. Now, I'm just going to use the words that are in the book because I never met the man. I don't know if he was green. Okay? But this is what they said in their book. See, I'm telling you, don't put something in print and let me get a hold of it. If you don't want me to study it and check it out. See, you made the first mistake you made was putting it in hard copy. You should have deleted it. Okay? Watch this now. According to the Hadith, he was. He was white. If white is of the devil, now I want you black Muslims to pick up on this. If white, and we read that with Mr. Elijah Muhammad, called a white man devils. Anybody remember that? You, now watch the, watch the, watch, follow the thinking on this. According to the Hadith, Muhammad was white. Now, if white is of the devil, why would a black person want to leave a so-called white Jesus to serve a white Muhammad? I just ask a question. Number three, the book of knowledge, chapter seven, number 63, page 54. Quote, narrated Anas bin Malik, A-N-A-S-B-I-N-M-A-L-I-K. This is one of Muhammad's very close associates. Okay? Quote, narrated Anas bin Malik. While we were sitting with the prophet in the mosque, a man came riding on a camel. He made his camel kneel down in the mosque, tied his four legs together, and then said, quote, who amongst you is Muhammad? At that time, the prophet was amongst us, his companions, leaning on his arm. We replied, Quote, this white man reclining on his arm, end of quote. The man then addressed him, quote, O son of Abdul Mutalib, that's A-B-D-U-L-M-U-T-T-A-L-I-B. In the Hadith, volume one, number eight, the book of Salat, that's S-A-L-A-T, which means prayer, chapter 27, Number 385B, like in ball, on page 234, in reference to Muhammad being white. Quote, narrated Abdullah bin Malik, A-B-D-U-L-L-A-H-B-I-N-M-A-L-I-K. Narrated Abdullah bin Malik ibn Buhayna, that's I-B-N-B-U-H-A-I-N-A. Now, I, I want to do this because I want whoever's going to look this up. I want you to be able to relate to these names. I'm spelling because you, you know don't you don't know how to I don't know how to pronounce them, let alone spell them. So you, maybe you won't. Okay. Now, quote: When the prophet prayed, prostrated, he used to separate his arms from his body so widely that the whiteness of his armpits was visible. Now I'm a black man, and I'm not black black. In other words, my color black is not as black as a black person can be. And when I take a shower 
and I'm putting my deodorant, deodorant on. Yeah, believe it or not, I do use deodorant. Anyway, when I put my deodorant on, I got to have my upper arm. My arm not white. Ain't white nowhere out here. The only thing is somewhat white in my fingernails, but up here under my underarm, ain't white. Only folks that have white underarms are white folks. Narrated Abdul Aziz, that's A-B-D-U-L hyphen A-Z-I-Z, Annis said, as A-N-A-S, Annis said, quote, when Allah's messenger invaded Khyber, that's K-H-A-I-B-A-R, we offered the, I ain't even gonna try this one, it's F-A-J-A, F-A-J-R, that's a certain kind of prayer. We offered the F-A-J-R prayer. There, quote uh, in brackets, early in the morning, when it was still dark, the prophet rode on, uh, the prophet rode and Abu Talha, that's A-B-U-T-A-L-H-A, rode too. And I was riding behind Abu Talha. The prophet passed through the lane of Khyber quickly, and my knee was touching the thigh of the prophet. He uncovered his thigh, and I saw the whiteness of the thigh of the prophet. End of quote. While I was putting my deodorant arm and looking at my black underarm, I also noticed in the mirror that my thighs were the same color as my face. Just a little slight lighter, but in the same color. They weren't white. Okay, Saints, that was the end of that episode. I'm going to start uh, adding on this second episode. You may hear some static because this recording was not so great and it has some static in it and it may break. Uh, while it's playing, but you will hear some static. It's not me. It is not my side. It is the actual recording. So I want you to sit back and let's listen to some more truth. Uh, this found in the book of Romans. You don't have to turn there. Uh, but it, this is what it says. It says, brethren, this is the apostle Paul speaking. He says, brethren, my heart's desire. You can't get stronger than that when you have a heart's desire. He said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. That's Romans chapter 10, the verse, first three verses. Now, I, the reason I point this out, because it says, Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, Paul was, was a Jew. He was an Israelite. But his mission and his assignment was to minister to the Gentile world. He was a Jew, but his basic ministry was to the Gentile world, yet he never lost his desire to help his own people. The people that he had a closer affinity to than he would with any of the Gentile world. So he said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. And, and my heart's desire in prayer to God for black men, black men everywhere, is that they may be saved and that they may have accurate knowledge of the things of God. And the reason that I believe God led me to deal with Islam, and of course we first of all have dealt with the black Muslim aspect of the Islamic religion, is because they are, as far as religions of the world go, 
they are the strongest in terms of siphoning blacks into the religion. They, they have a strong affinity, the Islamic religion, and especially through the black Muslim movement and other black movements. There are about five different uh, Islamic movements in the United States that are black. You only really hear about the nation of Islam because of the dynamic leadership of Louis Farrakhan. But there are, about, there are five altogether, about five uh, different Islamic groups. And they all have a little bit of different things that they believe. And uh, so they, are, they, they, they make a strong appeal to blacks to pull them into and out of Christianity. Or if they're in the valley of decision, to pull them towards them and leaving them to think that that Islam is the natural religion of the black man. And they want us to even think that, that, uh, that Muhammad was black. So I think it's very important and necessary since this is the one religion that makes the strongest appeal to black people that we ought to examine it and find out is it true, is it valid, is it supportable, is it, is it supportable with accurate documentation. And then I just think it's good to, to, ba to bounce Christianity off other places just to find out am I, is, is this the right one up in other religion they just they just as sincere and they believe they're just as right as you are to examine things and, and bounce it off because whatever the real is then everything else will have to come up to the level of the real and show itself to be real and or show itself to be false there can only be one right way amen abu talha that's a-b-u-t-a-l-h-a road two and i was riding behind abu talha the prophet passed through the lane of Kyber quickly and, and my knee was touching the thigh of the prophet. He uncovered his thigh and I saw the whiteness of the thigh of the prophet. End of quote. Whiteness, this is what they say, white. I don't know why, how you call black white. In the Hadith, now that's where we left off last time. In the Hadith volume 2, number 17, concerning, and I got to spell this one too, A-L hyphen I-S-T-I-S-Q-A. Now these are Arab, Arabic words, so I, I'm not Arabian, and uh, so uh, I'm doing this so that those of you that want to check it out, see, before you jump, you need to check it out to validate it. And so I want you to know how to spell it so you don't get somebody else's name and say, Fred's wrong, he did lying, he's telling that to me. No, I'm, I'm going to spell it so you can know, giving you the page number and everything so you can look it up. <laughs> See? Okay. Concerning A-L-I-S-T-I-S-Q-A, chapter 3A, number 122, page 65, quote, narrated Abdullah bin Dinar. That's A-B-D-U-L-L-A-H. Second word is B-I-N, third word is D-I-N-A-R. And again, may I please say to all of our Muslim friends that might be looking at me, or maybe not friends anymore, I don't know, I hope so. But anyway, if you are a Muslim, uh, if you are Arabic, uh, I'm ignorant, you know that, I don't know Arabic. 
I'm doing good with English, working on English still. So I may mispronounce the word. I may not pronounce it the way it was intended to be pronounced. It's not on purpose, and it's certainly not a slur against you. It's just my best shot at it, okay? So just know the brother is ignorant and pray for him, okay? Doing my best. All right, listen again. Quote, narrated Abdullah bin Dinar. My father said, I heard Ibn Umar, that's I-B-N-U-M-A-R, Ibn Umar reciting the poetic verses of the Abu Talib. That's A-B-U-T-A-L-I-B. And a white person. Now get this, we're reading from the Hadith. And a white, and then in brackets, person, and then in brackets again, I-E, the prophet. A white person, the prophet. Is that fair? Okay, so they're saying the prophet was white, again. Who is request, requested to pray for rain and who takes care of the orphans and is the guardian of widows. End of quote. Again, I'm, I'm using these to point out the fact that those that worked, lived, and rode with him, slept with him, ate with him, they said he was white. Now, I have a problem with leaving a white Jesus. So you say, so they said, a white, he's not white either. We'll get into that later. That's another lie. But anyway, to so-called, they say that Christianity is a white man's religion. That's one of the tenets of the black lesson. The white, white man is the devil, and Christianity is a white man's religion. And uh, so they want, they want to tell you black folk, leave the white man's religion, come over to the black man's religion. Now, I don't understand how you're going to leave a white Jesus and go get a white Muhammad. Okay, moving right along. I right, watch this now. In the Hadith, volume 9, number 90, the book of wishes. Chapter 7, number 342, page 258 and 259. Quote, narrated al that's A-L hyphen B-A-R-A. Al-Bara bin Azib, that's B-I-N and then the last name is A-Z-I-B. Narrated al-Bara bin Azib. The prophet was carrying earth with us on the day of the battle of Al A L hyphen A H Z A B. And then in brackets it says Confederates. And I saw that the dust was covering the whiteness of his abdomen. And he, the prophet in brackets, was saying in brackets, O Allah, without you we would not have been guided, nor would we have given in charity, nor would we have prayed. End of quote. Now it seems from these references from the Hadith that Muhammad was definitely not black. It seems to me that we are right back at the starting block. A so-called white Jesus or a so-called white Muhammad. Interesting, don't you think? Take your pick. Now, what about wives? How many should one have? And remember, I told you last time that the Quran is the holy book of the Muslim religion. They don't say chapters and verses. They say surahs and verses. That's S-U-R-A, okay? Surah instead of chapter, all right? In surah 4, verses 2 and 3, quote, wake up now and get this. Y'all can nap later right now. Open them, okay. Get it. Quote, 
give orphans the property which belongs to them. Do not exchange their valuables for worthless things or cheat them of their possessions. For this would surely be a great sin if you fear that you cannot treat orphans with fairness, then you may marry other women who seem good to you. Two, three, or four of them. End of quote. What does that have to do with orphans? The Hadith goes on to tell us of the many, emphasis on many, many wives of Muhammad. In Hadith Volume 1, Number 5, the book of G-H-U-S-L, the book of G-H-U-S-L, and then in brackets, the meaning of that word is washing of the whole body, washing of the whole body. Chapter 13, number 268, page 165, quote, narrated katada, that's Q-A-T-A-D-A, hyphen, Anas bin Malik said, the prophet, the prophet used to visit all his wives in a round, and there they were 11 in number. I asked Anas, had the prophet the strength for it? They that the prophet was given the strength of 30 men. And Sayyid, that's S-A apostrophe I-D, and Sayyid said on the authority of Katada that Annas had told him about nine wives only, and then in brackets, not 11. Did you know this about the prophet Muhammad? I don't think so. In Hadith, Three, it tells us in number 47, the book of gifts and the superiority of giving gifts and the exhortation for giving gifts. Chapter 8. Wake up. This is interesting. I don't know how you sleep on this. Uh, chapter 8, number 755. Page 454. Quote, narrated... U-R-W-A, Urwa, narrated U-R-W-A, from Aisha. Now, we'll find out a little bit later that Aisha, that's A-I-S-H-A, was one of Muhammad's wives. Okay, listen to this, quote, narrated U-R-W-A from Aisha. The wives of Allah's messengers, messenger were in two groups. One group consisted of Aisha, Hafsa, that's H-A-F-S-A, Safiya, that's S-A-F-I-Y-Y-A, and Sauda, that's S-A-U-D-A. And the other group consisted of Um Salama, that's U-M-S-A-L-A-M-A, and the other wives of Allah's messenger. It appears that Muslims, end of quote, it appears that Muslims can have more than one wife. Again, in Hadith, volume 4, number 51, the book of W-A-S-A-Y-A, and in brackets, wills and testaments, chapter 33, number 37, page 29. Quote, narrated Abu Hurara, that's A-B-U-H-U-R-A-I-R-A, -I -I 
narrated Abu Hurara, Allah's messenger said, My heirs will not inherit a dinar, D-I-N-A-R, or a dirham, that's D-I-R-H-A-M, and in brackets, I-E. For whatever I leave, and then in brackets, excluding the adequate support of my wives and the wages of my employees, in the bracket, is to be given in charity. End of quote. Again, we see Muhammad with more than one wife. For whatever I leave, and then in brackets, excluding the adequate support of my wives and the wages of my employees, in the bracket, is to be given in charity. End of quote. In 10, quote, narrated Abu Harara. The prophet said, the first batch of people who will enter, now, you got to get this. Y'all wake up now. You got to get this now. The first batch, and then in brackets, of people, end of bracket, who will enter paradise will be glittering like the full moon. <laughs> and the batch next to them will be glittering like the most brilliant star in the sky. Their hearts will be as if the heart of a single man, for they will have neither enmity nor jealousy among themselves. Everyone will have two wives from the Horus, H-O-U-R-I-S, and then in brackets, who will be so beautiful, pure, and transparent that, in the bracket, let me read that again, there will, they will neither, for they will have neither enmity nor jealousy amongst themselves. Everyone will have two wives. Now, this is in paradise. Two wives from the H-O-U-R-I-S who will be so beautiful, pure, and transparent that the marrow of their bones, of the bones of their legs, will be seen through the bones and the flesh. End of quote. In paradise, you're going to have two wives. I guess that's a draw for some men. The eighth, the merits of Ansar, that's A-N-S-A-R. Chapter 43, number 234, page 152. Wives, or rather, uh, quote, narrated Aisha, when I was a girl of six years. We went to Medina and stayed at the home of B-A-N-I hyphen A-L hyphen H-A-R-I-T-H B-I-N K-H-A-Z-R-A That is a long name. We stayed at the home of Then I got ill and my hair fell down. Later on my hair grew again in brackets and my mother Um Rumnan, U-M-R-U-M-N-A-N, came to me while I was playing in a swing with some of my girlfriends. She called me, and I went to her, not knowing what she wanted to do to me. She caught me by the hand and made me stand at the door of the house. I was breathless then, and when my breathing became all right, she took some water and rubbed my face and head with it. Then she took me into the house. There in the house, I saw some Ansari, A-N-S-I-R-A, and sorry women who said best wishes and Allah's blessings 
and a good luck. Then she entrusted me to them, and they prepared me, and in brackets, for the marriage. Unexpectedly, Allah's messenger came to me in the forenoon, and my mother handed me over to him. And at that time, I was a girl of nine years of age. In now, saints, I don't know about y'all. Now, this is the uh, Mohammed, Abdullah Mohammed. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name right. Over 1400 years ago, who created the religion Islam. In America, he would be arrested for being a pedophile, for being a rapist. He had wives as young as six and nine. Aisha wrote this herself. I have the Hadith and I have the Quran. I've read, read this too. And nine years old. Can you imagine her mother joyfully? See, that's what it, it, it feels like or what it seems to be brainwashed. Brought her little girl who was playing on a swing set who had been ill, was sweating, and brought her to this grown man. This grown man. I, I mean, it was hard for me to read this. And they have over 100 million followers of Islam. Unbelievable. Let's resume. End of quote. In Hadith Volume 7, Number 62. Now we may, I mean, now you have to understand that that may be an Arabian custom. I, on page four, quote, narrated Atta, A-T-A. We attended along with Ibn Abbas, that is I-B-N-A-B-B-A-S, at the funeral procession of M-A-I-M-U-N-A -A, at a place called Sarif. S-A-R-I-F. Ibn Abbas said, this is the wife of the prophet. So when you lift the beer, do not jerk or shake it much, but walk smoothly because the prophet had nine wives and he used to observe the night turns with eight of them. And for one of them, there was no night turn. End of quote. Poor lady got left out of the cycle. We find another reference to Muhammad's many wives. Chapter 4, number 6, page 5. Quote, narrated Annas, the prophet used to go around, in brackets, the prophet used to go around, then in brackets, have sexual relations with, in the bracket, all his wives in one night. What has to say about the number of wives a man may have. In Hadith, volume 7, number 62, it says in chapter 39, number 64, on page 50, quote, narrated Aisha that the prophet wrote the marriage contract with her when she was six years old, and he consummated his marriage when she was nine years old, mm -hmm. and then she remained with him for nine years, mm -hmm. in brackets, i.e., till his death, end of quote. Now, it may, it may seem that I have belabored the issue of Muhammad's wives, but in reality, I don't think I have. I wanted to give you a full spectrum of references, both from the Quran and the Hadith. Now we will look at what the Bible has to say about this multiple wife concept. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Chapter 7, chapter 7, chapter 7. All right, look at verse... Uh, verse... 
1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Now, concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Now that, that sounds like monogamy, which means one. You take your choice. I'm not knocking you. You know, I'm just, this is what the Bible says. You have one. All right. Now go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. All right. In Ephesians 5... Let's look at begin look at let's begin with verse 22. It says, "Why submit to your own husbands as to the Lord? For the husband is the head of the wife, not head of the wives." Notice that. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a, no, no, pick up on this now. Verse 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wives. Excuse me, what, what, what was this now? Let me read that again. For, the, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Now, here's the clincher. And the two shall become one. Mm -hmm. So that's, again, monogamy, which means one. Polygamy means more than one. Okay? Verse 30. Let me read that again. Verse 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother... Now watch this. This statement is a quote from the very first book of the Bible. So it goes back to the beginning, all the way back to the book of Genesis. Listen. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. Not the nine, not the, not the ten shall become one. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, that each one of you in particular so love his own wife, not wives, his own wife, as himself, and let the wife, not the wives, wife see that she reverence or respects her husband. All right? Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're just doing a comparison, comparative analysis.
All right, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. This is a faithful saying, if a man desire the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. Husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, good, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. All right, <clears throat> look at Titus chapter 1, which is very similar. Titus is right before Hebrews, right after 2 Timothy. Titus chapter 1, verse 6. If a man is blameless, the husband of how many wives? One wife having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or subordination. Now, this is talking, going back to verse 1. It says, a bondservant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, the, the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife. We need to put that together. So if you're going to be an elder, you've got to have one wife. one wife at a time. Remember, Muhammad said that in paradise, everyone would have two wives. The Bible has a different slant on the issue. Go to Matthew chapter 22. Now we're talking now about the future. Paradise means that's after, after death. Then, of course, if we go back in memory, back to something that we read back there in, in Elijah Muhammad's book, Message to the Black Man, he said, I have no alternative than to tell you that there is no life beyond the grave. <laughs> Remember that one? Don't tell me this stuff's not important. You start putting it together and piecing it together. Uh-huh. Now, Muhammad, we just read it from the Hadith. Muhammad said that in paradise, everyone would have two wives. The Bible has a different slant on it. Matthew chapter 22. Let's begin reading at verse 20. The same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there, was, there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third even to the seventh. 
Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. But Muhammad said you're going to have two eyes in paradise. Jesus said you don't marry or, or, or you're not married or given in marriage. See, you have to understand, and you know, everything is based upon what you know. In other words, what you're familiar with. And so we're very familiar with husband, wife, family. But see, you have to, you have to become dispassionate and you have to go beyond the externals, you have to go beyond the emotions and understand what marriage and family is all about. From our knowledge, God doesn't have a wife. Based on the Bible, God doesn't have a wife. Looks like he's getting along pretty well. Well, my point is you have to understand the whole purpose for marriage is to reproduce more humans. Mm -hmm. Now, in the, in, 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 in the context of that, there are a lot of other personal benefits that both the male and the female achieve as a result of marriage, but the primary purpose to have to have marriage is so you can perpetuate the human race. That's the method by which children come. And to be able to have them come without the consciousness of sin or the consciousness of something that's not normal or right, God has placed it in the context of marriage so that husbands and wives become mothers and fathers to protect the little life until the little life can go on its own. Well, now, in, and the purpose for that is because the only reason you need to have children is because you die. And if you die, then the human race becomes extinct. You become like the dinosaur. Well, when you are resurrected and get your glorified body, you'll never die again, so there is no need to perpetuate yourself. You will be you forever. Amen. teaching there. You mean there ain't going to be no more sex, Pastor? <laughs> There you go again, thinking below the waist. I, I, think, I think we're safe in saying whatever it's going to be, it's going to be good. And, and hey, and it'll have to be better than what we have now. As good as that may seem, better. It'll be better. All right. Did you know that the Hadith reveals the fact that Muhammad was not sinless. Yes, I know that. Jesus is the only one who walked the earth without sin. Y'all got my back? I think that's a very significant point. Let's look at the Hadith. In Hadith volume 7, number 62, the book of N-I-K-A-H, and then in brackets gives the definition of that word, wedlock. Okay? The book of N-I-K-A-H, wedlock, chapter 1, number 1, page 1. 
quote, narrated Annis bin Malik. A group of three men came to the house of the wives of the prophet asking how the prophet worshipped Allah, in brackets. And when they were informed about that, they considered their worship insignificant or insufficient and said, where are we from the prophet? As his past and future sins have been forgiven. Forgiveness, you had the sin. This is what they said about the prophet. All right? Now, in Hadith volume 8, it says, number 75, the book of invocations. <clears throat> Chapter 3, number 319, on page 213. Quote, narrated Abu Hurara. I heard Allah's messenger saying, and I'm quoting what he said that he heard Allah say. This is Allah speaking now, quote, By Allah, I asked for forgiveness from Allah and turned to him in repentance more than 70 times a day, end of quote. <laughs> they follow Strong him. stuff. They follow him. And I'm out of time. Well, saints, I tell you, I, I hope you are learning from this. And with me, I don't want to offend anyone, but at the end of the day, we have to take a stand for Jesus. He is the Messiah. He is the only Messiah. We will not have another one. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except through him. John 14, 6. So I hope you are learning something, saints. And um, next time, I guess next weekend, next Sunday, probably, I will share some more excerpts. Hopefully I can pick up where we left off. I don't know. I have to listen to some of the CDs because if he is repetitive in the next uh, episode, I'm going to skip it and go to the next one. So until next time, remember Jesus is Lord. God loves you. It is his will that every man is saved through his son, Jesus the Christ. Walk in love, saints. Walk in love. Peace out. hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D, and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out. <laughs>